The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. So, Colin Cullis, inflation is the killer of capital. But we also need just a little bit of inflation. How much inflation is too much and how much is enough? Well, this was one of the subjects where I thought, at last, this is one I do understand. But the more I've been reading this week, the more (laughs) complex I now understand it to be. So I can't answer that question. I have a lot more respect for reserve banks and economists and what they actually do. Uh, And sometimes the the pressure we place on our political representatives uh, to try and do something which we think is in our benefit might have the exact opposite effect of what we want to keep prices fair and still allow the economy to grow. And maybe an example here is is Turkey. Uh, Their president probably said it would be a freezing day in Istanbul before he listens to some pesky economist. Um, but it has been freezing in Istanbul recently, and that country is now officially running at 44% inflation. Uh, hyperinflation kicks in at 50%. And this is the other thing I did come across. There are quite a few jargon terms uh, around this. So besides inflation and deflation, which I thought, I think I've got that one, uh, there is also reflation, stagflation, and disinflation, and even agflation, for those who specifically want to look at agricultural products. Uh, but the other thing I thought was uh, quite a useful thing is this, uh, the, the, um, it's a tool for calculating changes based on interest rates uh, called the rule of 72. Have you come across it before? I certainly have. Explain. Right. So you take 72 and you divide it by the uh, percentage rate uh, in question, and that'll give you an approximation for how long it would take for that uh, investment or the inflation uh, to either double or half. So if we take uh, South Africa's inflation rate at about 5.9%, that was the figure in December, so 5.9% inflation per year, then you divide 72 by that and you get 12,2, which means every 12.2 years, the value of our money will halve. That's a shocking thing to hear because you think, oh my goodness, every 12 years, my money's worth half of what it was, which kind of explains that if anybody got to see, uh, there was an image I posted uh, on the 702 Twitter account ahead of the show uh, of a spur menu that I found from many, many years ago. I think it was the 70s or somewhere. Uh, and on it, you could buy yourself a T-bone steak at the spur, so at a restaurant, sit down, T-bone steak, three rand 45. Most people would think that was just you know, photoshopped or something, but that's really <laughs> no. how much you could get. So that's the one side of things that, you know, the prices keep keep going up. But there are lots of products. Not everything follows that exact same curve that everything doubles every 12 years or whatever it is, uh, specifically technology products. So if you had to imagine what you could buy uh, for 5,000 Rand, if you had to go and say buy a television and then imagine 12 years ago, what kind of television you could buy for 5,000 Rand. I'm willing to bet that the tellies you can get today for 5,000 Rand were way more than 5,000 Rand 12 years ago, which doesn't make sense. You think they'd be more expensive now than then, but that's how it kind of fits together. Uh, and then going back to Turkey, which has that uh, official inflation rate of 44%, even though other calculations, the other economic bodies in the country reckon it's closer to 80%, means that if we use that rule of 72, then Turkey's currency is effectively worth half of what it was every 18 months on the official rate or every nine months using that alternate calculation. And the thing for me that stood out, I at one point uh, was looking to go and visit Turkey. And at the time, uh, the Turkish lira to the rand was about 10 to 1. So I would have to uh, spend 10 rand to get a Turkish lira. The rand is now stronger than the lira. And this is about four or five years ago. That shows you when you have such rapid change, how hard it is for anybody in the economy to do anything. So not only is that economy shrinking, it's very difficult for anybody to plan. Everybody's money is becoming worthless so they don't want to save. The inflationary effects of this stuff is terrible.
And uh, it reminded me of a, of a notion that a comedian called Victor Borger, a very uh, old comedian, he's passed away, uh, but many years ago, he wondered why some things were impervious to inflation and wondered what the impact might be if uh, language was also subject to inflation. So I thought I'd try and do a, a, a quick definition of inflationary principles, but using inflated language. And this is effectively where you take any numeral in our language and inflate it by one. Okay. I recorded it because it was quite hard to, to say. <laughs> you, tell me, you tell me how well you think I did. Here it is. Okay. If you ask some two if inflation is good, they will most likely say no. But ask what they would say to a salary increase and they will answer tuneful. If you asked me, I would say I would want two, three. But before five you think inflation is good, you need to remember what happened in Zimbabwe and the chaos that hyperinflation crinined there. That means the truth is somewhere in between. A little can be good for growth, but twice it gets above a certain level, it's very bad. So go fifth and be happy, but pay a elevenshin that our current inflation rhyme is almost at the upper level and that we can expect more interest rhyme increases in the near future. I think you've been spending too much time reading about inflation. That's my, my professional medical assessment, yes. Honestly, this is how the rabbit holes works. You go, you go online, you start reading about inflation, you pop across to YouTube, have a look at inflation, you find a guy called Victor Borg, called Inflationary Language, you click on that, you think, oh my goodness, what? how did I get here? And then you're writing that nonsense. Anyway, uh, back to the actual definitions. Um, and as I say, you know, the, the, the regular notion of inflation, which again, I thought, yeah, I got it. But there are three different scenarios that can create it. So it's either that we have increased the amount of money available in the economy while keeping the amount of uh, products static. Uh, and so there is as much demand for the, for, for, the, for the products, but people have a lot more money, so they're willing to pay more. Uh, or you can have uh, a, a static amount of money, but a reduction in the amount of supplies available. And so more people are willing to pay whatever they can just to get their hands on something, uh, you know, like bottled water was at one point and toilet paper, uh, just as the, uh, um, the, the, the pandemic hit. Uh, and then the final one is that when there's political instability, so the, the money supply might be static and the, and the ability to produce the supplies might be static, but the, the faith in the currency or the political situation uh, might make people think, well, I don't think this currency is worth much. And so uh, nobody, uh, you know, supports it in, in quite the same way. And effectively, the planet has all three of those things in place at the moment. Many economies, ours included, have issued a lot more money uh, now into, into the economies than we ever have. Uh, America is almost at 50% of all the money that has ever existed in the American economy was printed sort of in the last two years, which is a staggering thought to imagine that's what they did just right at the moment. South Africa has increased its a lot as well. At the same time, uh, you know, the pandemic and supply chain shortages have meant a lot fewer products are available for people to get hold of things, as well as certain things have been reduced. So our petrol price increase comes in part thanks to the oil producing nations saying, well, there doesn't seem to be a big demand for oil, so we're going to produce less of it. And they're not uh, you know, prospecting for more of it. So there's just less oil going around. So, of course, the, uh, the prices go up. And then the political instability that comes on the back of, you know, all of the, 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 the outflow of the pandemic as countries like Venezuela, which is uh, a little bit you know, before the pandemic, they were, had those issues. Uh, and, and as I say, Turkey is in a similar situation. And we probably all do remember just how bad things got uh, in Zimbabwe. Deflation is the process uh, to, to remove inflation, but, but not in the way we want, because effectively it means negative inflation. It means things, money is becoming worth more, but not in the way that we want. What you'd rather want is disinflation. 
which is a term I hadn't come off, uh, come across before. And that means that the rate of inflation has decreased. So if South Africa is currently at 5.9% and we'd like to get to 4%, then we didn't have deflation, we had disinflation. And if uh, we ever have deflation that gets the inflation rate negative, or it's too low, and South Africa sort of targets 3 to 6%, but below 2% seems to be where most people say you've got to have it above that, then you need to use reflation uh, to push it back up above that level. And then stagflation, I thought it was just everything's just, you know, nothing's happening, everything's staying the same. But it's worse, uh, and it maybe sounds a bit more like South Africa. Uh, it means you still have uh, inflation sort of above 2%, but you also have high unemployment and low growth. Yeah. And, and inflation only works because it stimulates growth in the economy. Because when you have a little inflation, um, the, 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 so the manufacturers can say, well, I know I can charge a little more for my product in the coming year, but I can work on lowering my costs, perhaps becoming more efficient or finding alternative supplies or making a better product, uh, and then making more revenue with the same amount of inputs. Um, Similarly, uh, people in the economy will say, I'm going to uh, look to expand my business. And because I'm willing to take on debt that comes at a, a reasonable interest rate, uh, then they can afford to absorb people who have finished school or studying and are now looking to get a job. And so they hire people. So you actually need to have that because otherwise, and I imagine this is a massive problem South Africa sits with now, as a consequence of the pandemic and the very low growth rate we've had, we've got a lot of students, both finishing school and finishing university, that were expecting to go and get a job. But there wasn't a growth in the economy to create those new jobs. And so effectively, they don't have anywhere to go. Despite being qualified and eager and ready to work, there's just no place for them in the economy. Uh, and that's in part why you would maybe see the Reserve Bank saying, OK, well, we need to try and stimulate the economy, uh, tempt people to say, I'm going to let you use money more cheaply to make an investment. But the catch then is if people take too much money uh, at an interest rate that is too low, you sort of overheat it all again. And you start introducing those inflationary pressures, which you are seeing. So we start rising up to the 6 7% growth. Yeah. And when you start getting up to that level, you know that the time between your money halving in value gets closer and closer and everybody starts feeling very uncomfortable and start complaining about everybody being idiots and, and doesn't sort anything out. And then the last one I'll give you, it's this crazy term I hadn't come across before called seniorage. Is that a term you've come across? No, no. It refers to the difference in the cost to produce money and the value of it. And I thought, what a strange term and when would it ever come into play? But uh, depending on how old you are, you will recall that South Africa had a five cent piece and a two cent piece and a one cent oh, piece. Oh, yes. If you're particularly advanced in years, we had half cent pieces. Now, all of those coins have been withdrawn because effectively the cost to produce the coin was worth or was more than what the coin was worth or worse the metal in, let's say, a two cent piece had more than two cents worth of metal in it, so nobody would use it for currency. Let's simply take the metal and melt it down. And we also used to have the one rand, two rand, and five rand notes, which are now coins. And I don't think it'll be too long before we have a 10 rand coin. In fact, I think there is one on the way. And the notion there isn't that, you know, paper is obviously cheaper than a piece of metal, but a piece of paper only lasts for a few months as currency, whereas a coin can last many, many years. And so that's why we pretty much uh, switch from one rand, two rand, five rand notes into coins to make sure that the seniorage, I think I'm pronouncing it wrong, but it sounds like seniorage, is sorted out. And then the final one on the flip side is to say you don't want to make your, 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 your value of your currency too high either. So South Africa doesn't have a five rand note or a thousand rand note. And in part, that's because when the cost to produce the money is low enough, but its value is high enough, counterfeiters will say, I'll take my chances with that and try and copy the thing. Similarly, criminals will say, 
We don't really like doing businesses through pesky things like banks where they ask lots of questions. I'd much rather have a whole pile of 1,000 Rand notes, which are a lot easier to uh, to disguise and move around, uh, than having to carry it as it is the case now. The biggest thing we've got is a 200 Rand note. So hopefully that gives you a little more of appreciation of inflation, when and how it can be good. Um, and that, yeah, <laughs> there is there is some method in the madness of what the Reserve Banks and the economists yabber on about, even though we all hate the notion going shopping and finding everything costing so much more than it did the month wow. before. Absolutely. And you mentioned those old spur menus, the wooden ones. I mean, it was, it was worthwhile having a wooden menu with print on it in those days because prices didn't go up as fast as they go up today. That's the reality, I suppose, of inflation. Colin Cullis, the man who remembers three Rand 45 T-bone steaks. I don't. It's far too long ago.